From the Selfish Path to Romance, download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. You poor slob. You're all alone. When you go to your grave, there won't be anybody to pull the grass up over your head. Nobody to mourn you, nobody to give a damn. You're all alone. And that's from Inherit the Wind. That's Spencer Tracy talking to Gene Kelly about Gene Kelly's cynicism about people. And it is wonderful to have great relationships. It's wonderful to have friends in your life that you can trust, even if it's just one good friend. Now, here's a situation where a woman has been married for 20 years to a guy who shies away from hugs and hand-holding and kissing. This is what she says. I, I, I won't repeat what I just said, but her, his name is Bruce. When I met him, he was even shy. When I reached to brush his face, he pulled away as if I was going to strike him. His mother was abusive. He's a very nice person. He just can't stand to be touched. It's been very hard for me, as I was brought up in a very physically affectionate family. Is there any way... After all this time, 20 years, that he will ever be able to embrace the affections I so want to shower on him, thank you kindly for your consideration of my question, Janet. Now, I think this is very, very sad, and it makes me even question, have you guys had sex together? Have you been able to be romantically intimate? And it reminds me of Vietnam vets I worked with who were severely repressed, who had had trauma in their life. I also worked with abuse victims in this situation and who were terrified to to show or express warmth and didn't know how to. But he doesn't have an excuse. After 20 years of being with you and seeing you around your family, he's got to have two categories in his mind. One is my mother was abusive. Some people are. And some people are loving and they're not going to slap you when they put, reach out to touch you. So he, the question for you is, do you want to stay in the marriage? And I assume from this, I mean, you're saying you want, you have all of these infection, affections that you want to shower on him, which is a little puzzling to me. I would think that you'd be very frustrated with him. Will he change? Well, how motivated he is, to, is he to change? That's the first step. If Bruce were to say, you know, I feel so badly and guilty, and I wish I weren't so gun-shy when it comes to affection. I love you, Janet. Hugging, kissing, holding hands, and even more intimate things are so tied to my abusive past. I feel like a victim, and I'd like to be a survivor. If he said that, then I'd say, yeah, you're on the road. He's He's got some motivation to change. And then I would recommend getting the book Changing for Good and for him to get into individual therapy to focus on this and for both of you to get into couples therapy. You could even get some therapy for yourself since you haven't had any affection for 20 years. The question for you would be, why did I stay with someone when I haven't had affection for 20 years? Notice him also around young kids. I'm assuming you don't have any. Uh, Is he affectionate with kids? If you have it, it's really sad that he wouldn't be affectionate with his own kids, if that's the case. 
uh, if you have pets, would he be affectionate with a pet? You want to help him pull out of his shell. So again, in the book Changing for Good, he will first discover that he's got to discover his own motivation. You can't change him. You can just make the decision whether to stay with him or not. If the rest of the relationship is wonderful, you may opt to stay. If not, you always have the choice to leave. Then he has to think through the problem in a lot of detail. He can also get a book on my website, drkenner.com, Mind Over Mood. There's another one, Prisoners of Belief. All of these are excellent books to help him change. He can make a specific action plan. He can move into action to break his habit and to feel safer. And then he's got to maintain progress, and both of you need to know how to deal with slip-ups. So I wish you some very good success with that. And right now I'm going to turn to our phone lines and talk with Stacy. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's your question? My question is, um, I've never experienced depression or anxiety in my life before, and then I had a stomach uh, digestive disorder that my doctor put me on a medication for, and I was on it for about three months, and in the last month of being on it, I noticed feelings of depression and so forth, which was one of the side effects that I had read about. So I told the doctor, they switched me onto a different medication, but about four or five days after going off of that first medication, um, I became real nauseous and started having... I thought I had some sort of a flu. Well, it turns out throughout the course of the week, um, along with the nausea, I was noticing a lot of what later on I realized was anxiety. Um, not being able to sleep through the night, you know, waking up every morning, like it's almost almost on, on the dot at 3.20 every morning, just sweating profusely and shaking and um, not being able to go back to sleep. And then still having that lingering feeling throughout a lot of the day. And so what I'm wondering is if this is some sort of anxiety that was sort of brought on by the medication and I might be having some sort of withdrawals or something, um, is it possible for that, you know, I I know if your brain chemistry changes that can cause depression and so forth, um, is it possible for me to just kind of work through this on my own and, you know, can, can you get over a depression that's brain chemically brought on, or is that something that you need? I hate the thought of taking medication to get over it. Okay. Uh, This is... This is one of those cases where if you have a a situation where you've... most of your life you spent without feeling an undercurrent of depression or anxiety in your life, you've Mm -hmm. been... I mean, you have your ups and downs, but basically you're a a normal person. You can function with with the stresses in life. Exactly. That's the case. And when you had the digestive order disorder, they put you on meds. And from what you're saying, the meds triggered, biochemically triggered, feelings that you hadn't felt as intensely or as deeply. Right. Negative ones, the, the anxiety, not being able to sleep, which is awful. The feelings, feeling really down, feeling sad. And... Yes, you can. For the number one thing to do is to talk with your doctor about the medication for the disorder. Are you still on uh, meds for that? Yes, I am. Okay, so could they still be the culprit then? Well, you know, I don't know. It's funny when because it's a gastroenterologist. Um, when I mentioned to him how I was feeling, his his nurse assistant said, "Oh, yeah, depression is one of those side effects." He said to me, "No, no, that wouldn't cause it," and he kind of poo-pooed it. Okay, what's going on in your life that could also cause it? Um, you know, I, I've, I mean, in general, I think everything's fine. I have a good job. I have a good marriage. I, um, I have three 
kids that, of course, I worry about different things going on with them, but for the most part, they're, they're wonderful kids. Um, two of them are in college. One is in high school. And, um, you know, we don't have any, like, real big problems with, with any of them. Um, I think I have normal concerns about, you know, their safety and their welfare. But um, truthfully, I, I don't feel like I have anything that um, should be causing me to, to have all this anxiety. And yet, this whole past week, I've missed work because I haven't been able to sleep. And, you know, my, my hands and feet are always kind of clammy. And at times it gets more severe than that. It seems to be worse like in the morning. Oh, I feel so badly. It definitely sounds like it's biochemical. Um, You could be contributing to it. If you're saying to yourself, what if I never get over this? What if this is me for life? What if I've changed? Have you had any thoughts like that? Yeah. Oh, that could trigger anxiety. Yeah. And that could trigger depression because depression, sadness signifies loss. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're losing control over your mind, or your good mood, then that's a major loss. If you send yourself thoughts such as, what if I'll be like this for life and my husband leaves me and finds another woman and I never, I'm, I'm never able to get my sleep and I'm, I become cantankerous around the kids or sad and depressed around the kids or what if I become like my mother? If well, you, you know ha- what I've noticed is yeah. that because this is a stomach issue, um, when I feel a lot of anxiety is when I think about eating. You know, every time I go to eat, I think, okay, how's my stomach going to feel? And I mean, I think that's okay. probably where the anxiety is coming from. That, you know, what if that triggers it? I would get the book on my website. It's drkenner.com, a book, a cognitive therapy book, Mind Over Mood. Okay. It will teach you how to, when you wake up in the middle of the night, how to sit down and do something called a thought record, to start with your emotion, the anxiety, to put it into words, and then to shed the light of, of daylight on it, of reason on it, so that you the anxiety will lessen. If you see that nothing bad will happen, or if you see that your thoughts are what is called stinking thinking, you can revise your thinking and your mood will follow. Okay. Okay, so the part that's contributed by your thoughts, you can deal with. You might as well get those skills anyway. The part that's biochemical, work with your doctor. But I don't think you have to go on heavy meds for depression and anxiety. Okay, good. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. I'd really prefer to avoid Okay. Thank you so much, and call me back and let me know how things go, Stacy. All right. Thanks for the call. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on The Rational Basis of Happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and Dr. Edwin Locke. Finding the right romantic partner may seem like a daunting task, but it is much less daunting when you know what to look for and how to look for it. Once you have found the person you believe is your soulmate, however, the story is not over. It is only beginning. You will want to know how to preserve and strengthen your relationship, and most people have no idea how to do this. Most make one major, often fatal, mistake. The main reason for fading romance, aside from a poor match or partners moving in incompatible directions, is letting the love relationship go on automatic, letting it be carried along solely by emotion. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.